It seems like there's a lot of pressure on Alex in his life, or that he's put on himself, obviously, because his parents are hella chill. But um, I think that's what I think is weird, is that I, and as me, a person that shouldn't feel sad for these kinds of uh, white Republican men, um, I feel a little sad, they, like the pressure that they put on themselves. And I'm talking back then, too. I don't feel bad for Paul Ryan or anything. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode. Hello and welcome to a very special episode. The podcast that is wait, what is is it sharing the laughter and love? No, that's that's the other one. It's um Oh yeah. What would we do, Ryan? Okay, wait, hold on. Without love. Shut up, David. I'm doing my bit. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm... Wait, hold on. All right. The podcast that there ain't no nothing that we can't love each other through. <laughs> this week, we'll be talking about a very special episode of Family Ties. Uh, season 5, episode 23? Or is it 22? I had a little confusion over that. Yeah, it's, I think I saw the same thing. It's A, my name is Alex. This is the one that where Michael J. Fox is in therapy and it's like all black and it's very theatrical and he's talking to an off-screen therapist after his friend dies. This is that special episode. I am your host this week, Ryan Alexander Tanner. As usual, with me in Minnesota is my favorite guy in the world. Ryan and I knew each other for a long time. We started podcasts early. I'm David Bitsenoffer, and this is my and, life. And we're going to have another guest, Jerry, who we care really deeply about and who you've never met, but he died. So, instead, we have a very special guest this week. Would you care to introduce yourself? I'm Jess Salmer. Tell us all about everything about your whole self. Okay, I live in Seattle, Washington. It's- okay, that's enough. So, family ties. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was just going to start talking shit about Seattle. Um, so oh. maybe that was Well, then actually, maybe it's not so bad that I cut you off. What is your context for people on the internet? Um, I'm all over the internet. I always tell people that I'm very Googleable, which makes them right. um, think that I mean something weird, but I write for... Yeah, it sounds disgusting. I know. I don't mean it, though. It's it's all innocent. It's extremely innocent, actually. I write for a website called Hello Gills, which is like the cutest website. Um I've written... Wait, Hello Giggles, right? HelloGiggles.com. Okay, it sounded like you said Hello Gills, like a fish. I don't know anything about fish, but I know about okay. Giggles. Hello Giggles <laughs> is a website that was created by Zoe Deschanel, Molly McAleer. Oh, really? Yeah. I did, I did not know that. You didn't know that? I'm sorry. You're No, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Yeah, Zoe Deschanel, <laughs> but two other women that work on it more. So Molly McAleer and um, Sophia Rossi. I've been writing for them for six years or so. Just a lot of entertainment-y stuff. I also write in real life for my full-time job, which is less interesting. But that's what... If you Google my name, Jess Solmer, that's all that comes up. So nothing very exciting. I'm sorry. So you're a pop culture nerd on the internet. Yes. Big time. I love Twitter. Uh, well, I used to love Twitter before Donald Trump was our president. I'm not trying to make it about that, but it's just different now. So It's... It's real hard not to make shit about that. <laughs> well, it's very hard to watch this episode, just to watch Alex and yeah. 
think yeah. about it. I agree. He's responsible for ruining the world. We're definitely going to talk about um, young Republicans a lot yeah. over the course of this. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, and Jess is one of my very best friends on the internet, I would say. Um, and we Ouch. talk about pop culture stuff. Well, David, I feel like I know you more like... Uh, Biblically? Not... Uh, yeah, well, yeah. One is our relationship's more sexual, David. So I didn't want to reduce it to the internet. And then also, um, I don't know. I don't really think of you as an internet person as much, David. Oh, well, now I feel bad. Now I feel like I'm saying okay, I'm getting really big a hole here. Well, anyway, we chat a lot. I'm not offended. Yeah, I just I I know that you like family ties. <laughs> so I love it. family ties. <laughs> okay, so yeah, let's before we get into the episode too much, uh, we're going to talk about our relationship with the show. So yeah, Jess, you want to go first? What? How do you feel about family ties? And even this episode specifically, if you want to get into that. Okay, so um, I have a, a lot of love for Michael J. Fox, like a lot of love. Mm-hmm. Um, I started watching Spin City my freshman year in high school when I moved high schools, and I was really sad, and I didn't do anything or have any friends, and I found this show. That I think I was watching in syndication. I have no idea if it was actually even on or not. But Michael J. Fox is the main character in that. Um, and so then I just, like, backtracked and watched all of his stuff. I had obviously seen Back to the Future as a kid, like a normal person. But I found Family Ties. And then it turned out my mom, who my parents are from California, like the Los Angeles Hollywood area. She had, she, like, Family Ties is her favorite show. She'd been to, like, three or four tapings of it. So... She almost named me Mallory after Alex's sister in the show. So it's no like, way. Apparently, it's like deep in my blood, and I had no idea. So I've loved Family Ties for a long time. This would have been a way better episode if that had come to fruition. <laughs> I know. I really wish that she had called. Well, Mallory's not a great name on its own, but this backstory is good. I'm not named Jessica's a lame name, and Mallory at least came from somewhere. But she, my dad didn't like it, so that's that's the story with that. But. Family ties, I've, and I had like the DVD of the seasons before everything was on the internet. So I love this. Oh, show. really? Did did you watch the DVD of this when we for this uh, for this recording? No, because I actually don't own a DVD player, <laughs> but I have all my oh. DVDs. I have my DVDs, but now that everything's online, I don't like use them. So you can just spin them on your finger. I should have yeah. tried that. Yeah, maybe and next it'll time. project on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> you don't know that. That's a life hack. No, I only know stuff from the internet. So. So, what do you love so much about Family Ties? Um, well, besides Michael J. Fox, like, truly anything in, that he's in, even his bad movies, I will watch happily. Um, have you seen Greedy? I have seen Greedy. I like that one. I that like used that to be on cable a lot. Yeah. yeah. You see his butt, too. Yeah, you do. Yeah, he's very cute. Um, yeah, I like Greedy a lot. Um, and Life with Mikey is one of my favorites. But... Mm. Um, I like really like cheesy family sitcoms. I told that's just my thing. Obviously, Ryan knows I love Full House, but I just yeah, Family Ties is like right up my alley in that aspect. <laughs> I like extremely unrealistic family sitcoms, which Family Ties is. So, gotcha. How about you, David? What's your Family Ties origin myth? <laughs> my origin story. I feel like, yeah. and of course, you weren't here for the Roseanne episode that I'm just becoming. I know. I'm super pissed <laughs> I missed that. That's like that episode of Roseanne that I, I was working as at work. Yeah. <laughs> but sure? that was a really deep. That was deep to me, the the spousal abuse episode of Roseanne. Like, I remember that very well. Yeah. So that was I'm sad I missed that. It was a good one. conversation. Uh, anyways, I was going to say, I sound like a broken record because I feel like my relationship with all these shows are the same, where it's like. When it was on, I remember watching it a lot, but I don't, 
I don't remember, like, it's not deeply ingrained in my memory as a show as much as just certain moments within it. Like, I certainly remember Alex being on speed. I remember baby Andy being born. Mm-hmm. I remember and then that. being five years old the next season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like this is one of the first shows that pulled that move. I could be wrong. Yeah. I, I bet this you is a... soap operas were doing it for a long time. But... Yeah, they always did it. Yeah. But this is probably like one of the first sitcoms that just decided to go, ah, screw it, let's just age him. And I remember, yeah, so I, so I watched it a lot when it was first on, and I guess I saw it in syndication, but it's not like I like know every episode like i didn't remember this episode actually oh so you don't have like a weird obsession like we do with half the stuff we talk about <laughs> correct yeah there's no obsession yeah. i do remember that alex beaton he's so cute which was <laughs> for whatever reason that stuck with me which is what he was on the radio and that was his like uh theme song basically well alex p keaton he's so cute yeah, be like alex keaton he's so cute I don't remember that. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> it's out there. I tell you, I'm not crazy. All right, I'll put it in the end credits if I can find it. <laughs> so is that it? You just kind of remember watching the show? Is, is, no, is I remember. Your... Yeah, and I remember all the characters and that stuff. It's not like, it's, but I just don't have a lot of fully formed episodes in my head. I guess would be the way to put it. Yeah. Okay. So for me, now I'll talk about myself. Uh, it's my favorite thing. I. I remember watching the show as a little kid, because it was on. Like, when I was a kid, the show would be a new show, and it was popular. Um, And then I didn't see it again for a long time. I haven't watched it a lot in syndication. One thing that really struck me when I was, like, 20, and I watched this show, is having only watched it as a really little kid, I never understood the premise, which is that these hippies have these... Republican children. That's basically what the show's about, right? Yeah, that Alex's form of rebellion is becoming right-wing money-grubbing. Well, and then their other daughter, Mallory, who our guest this week, Mallory Thalmer, is named after, <laughs> um, yeah. she's like a sort of valley girl. They're like real consumerist, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you are. Yep. And then the youngest daughter, what's her deal? She's super smart or something? I didn't... I don't remember yeah, she's yes. smart. She's like a mixture of well, she's not a ditz like Mallory, but um, she likes rock music, but she's really smart. So Alex is all like right. almost proud of her all the time, but then she's like cooler than he is. So yeah, it's just a good. The most I mean, forgettable yeah. of the kids, I think, is the problem. She is too. Yeah, that's. But she's cool. I mean, wow, she like, to... likes likes rock music and stuff. Way to come out swinging, guys. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Least memorable. Take that, Tina. The others. <laughs> I really remembered this episode. Like, this was one of the things that, like... So, when TV became stream, Like, when Netflix streaming became a big thing and they'd put all of a show on there mm. and the Family Ties was on there, I remember my brother was visiting me one time and he was like, let's watch that weird one where it's, like, all black and he's in therapy and it's, like, a play. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I remember that one, too. Let's watch it. And then we found it and we watched, like, ten minutes of it and then we're like, ah, let's watch something else. <laughs> But it was like, which is like what streaming TV did to us, you know? Oh, let's watch that one thing and then lose interest right away. But I would say if I think of Family Ties, this is pretty much the episode I think of. I also remember the last episode really well. 
And I remember the, there's a really bad, I think it was a two-parter where they, like, go some, like, they go internationally somewhere. Oh, yeah. and those were, like, famously shitty episodes of shows when they do, like, a bunch of episodes where they're, and it was, like, film quality. For some reason, shows are always terrible when they do that. Um, but I remember this episode really vividly, and it always reminded me, do you guys remember when Garfield was really serious for, like, three comics? Do you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about? I do. Yeah. You do? Where he's in the house and everyone's gone? Yeah. I can't like, believe... He goes insane, doesn't he? Yeah. And it's it's sort of ambiguous, like, mm. and then it has, like, this weird PSA message at the end, but mm. it's, like, the scary Garfield comics. That always remind those that and this are always kind of similar in my brain for some reason. <laughs> That's really funny. I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad you guys understand. So anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it. So this episode aired March 12th, 1987. This season, this is season five, so the show's a really big hit at this time. And uh, this is totally the, like, we want to win an Emmy episode, yeah, if there were... ever was, of anything ever. <laughs> they were going for it. They were thirsty. I'm pretty sure it didn't win any Emmys, but I could be wrong. This specific episode? Yeah, or oh, even, yeah. I don't know if, I, I don't know, I read the IMDb page for this episode and it didn't say it won an Emmy, so yeah. maybe this season did. Um, This season has a ton of two-part episodes, like a lot, but this actually, only in syndication is a two-part episode, it ran as an hour-long episode when oh. it originally aired, and actually the last half of it aired with, uninterrupted with no commercials. Oh, so they, they were really proud of it, huh? <laughs> Yeah, I think that they really went for it in this episode. We'll talk about it. I don't know what you guys' opinions of it are, but I'll know all about them shortly. And then uh, TV Guide put this in their top 100 episodes of all time. Hmm. Just Those are my fun facts about the episode. Of all time. Yeah. So we open with uh, the Save the Children lady and a, <laughs> and, a, and a baby who's five years old for some reason. Yeah, one-year-old, five-year-old like. Yeah, and they're delivering exposition about how Alex's friend died. And uh, the the kid, is it, what's his name? Nikki? Andy. 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 Nick, yeah. Nikki's the Fresh Prince kid, right? Yeah. 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 Who's basically exactly the same. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, so they, they clarify to the audience that Alex's friend died. And the, the kid has all these existential questions that are pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He wants to know a lot about what death means. Yeah, well, he doesn't even know what death is, so he's like, "Why isn't he? Why isn't he coming back?" And it's like, "Because he's dead, you idiot." <laughs> because that, he that died my answer, horribly. <laughs> I know that's why it's good. You you don't have a younger sibling, do you, Dave? Or you do? I do have a younger sibling. Yeah, you have a sister, right? Yes. Well, we should interview her about <laughs> you talking to her like that. And what's weird is that when I heard when your sister was a year old, she was five. <laughs> it, was, it seemed normal to me at the time. It was until later that I realized kids don't grow up that fast. It was crazy. So everyone comes home, and Alex is all jovial, which is in contrast to his experience of his friend dying. Yeah, and we learned that he's like a really important friend, right? Yeah, so we'll just cut to the chase on that, because I waited a little bit before I looked it up, but they talk extensively about Greg and how close he was with Alex and how deep their relationship was, and I haven't watched this show enough to know if this was an existing character, but it turns out we have never seen or heard of this character previously. Yeah, and they're telling stories about when Andy was born, what Greg did, and, you know, and then Greg did this and that, and 
they kind of hinted that Mallory might have dated Greg, and, and mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, none of it ever existed on the show, so it's a little uh, cheap in that respect. They should have been Skippy. I know. I was gonna say they should have killed Skippy. <laughs> should have been you, Skippy. <laughs> That's called a retcon, retroactive continuity, mm-hmm. when someone important that you've never heard of died. So, uh, basically, Alex is not processing his grief. Like, to to condense the next ten minutes, <laughs> Alex is not in touch with his emotions. Yeah, but neither is Mallory. It was kind of disturbing for me to hear that, A, Alex was just talking about how much money Greg made and could have made in his lifetime, and then Mallory was just criticizing what he wore in his casket. And I'm like, mm-hmm. who are these? This is monstrous. These, these parents should be ashamed. Dude, it's the eighties. It's this is re- this is Reaganomics in effect. You know? Yeah, I suppose this is what happens. I think his, their parents were kind of ashamed, right? They were a little bit. They, like... they a little bit tried to guide them in the right direction. At least for like, hey, this is how you should be feeling. Like, it's a little bit uncomfortable for both of them. Yeah, but, but I got the impression that they both like spoke this as like some sort of eulogy in front of everybody. Yeah, that's true. It's and it's one of those things too. This is a common TV trope where they're like, "Yeah, how's Alex taking it?" And then he comes in, and he's like, "Hey, everybody, hey!" And you're like, "Was he not like that in the car yeah. on the whole way home?" <laughs> is this news to you that he's reacting this way? <laughs> so, and it turns out that Alex was supposed to be in the car with Greg to help him move a piano, but he wouldn't. He he bailed on him. Yeah, because moving sucks. And, I mean that. Well, I, I, it's true. I, the moral of the story is you should never help your friends move. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, you can't find enough excuses not to help your somebody move. So I could possibly be in a car crash is good enough for me. You know, you can go. Uh, David's like, hey, help me move, and I'm like, well, you remember a my name is Alex. <laughs> it's exactly. the a my name is Alex rule. So, uh, the thing is, uh, this is like, uh, like this, uh, how reality is like a quantum physics question. Um, cause if Alex had gone with him, would it have changed? It's like a butterfly effect. Would it yeah. have changed events and not, would they have been 30 seconds later preventing Greg from dying? Well, part of it is we don't know enough about how the accident happened. That's but true. I, but I mean, you are correct. And he even kind of goes in it later in the episode where he talks about, you know, Maybe he would have seen the car, tell them to slow down. Who knows what, you yeah. know? What if Greg just, like, drove off a cliff? Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, His plan was to take Alex with him. and then <laughs> I know! <laughs> it does seem like Alex is a big enough square that maybe if... Greg seemed like the fun guy, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. He's driving skills, but if Alex is in the car, I feel like you're probably full stopping at stop signs. You're probably paying attention. Ah, right? he's probably a real backseat driver. Yeah. yeah, but the fun guys hide a very inner sadness, yeah. too. That's, yeah. Well, that's true. That is true. I think Alex is, too, though. Or maybe yeah. it's not hidden. Yeah, well, it's not yeah. hidden in this episode. But. <laughs> I just think that if Alex had been in the car and had died with Greg, we would probably all have decent health care now. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> That is my belief. He's at that right age where he'd just be ruining the country right now. It's true. (laughs) He's he's exactly the right age to be ruining the country. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and then they start talking about their memories of Greg, which is when I looked him up to see if uh, 
Yeah. He was a real character. Because I always will like write notes and be like, I bet this guy's not even on the show. And I'm like, wait, well, I should probably back that up. So. <laughs> I know. Well, I did the same thing as you, Ryan. But remember, I didn't remember this episode. So I was like, well, at least he was on one episode before this. But no. <laughs> Only to realize, no, it was this episode, obviously. He was on one episode. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so then Greg appears. as a He starts to haunt Alex. Uh, and Alex is like hugging him, and it's like phantom hugging, mm-hmm. uh, which everyone walks in and sees him phantom hugging Greg, and uh, he pretends it's a new dance, which was hilarious. Michael J. Fox's so, physical so. comedy is great. Yeah. It was. That's something <laughs> really I wrote on my notes, but also something I know to be true. He's <laughs> very funny. <laughs> You're like, I didn't have to write that down, but but this is definitely one of those like television esque things of like people seeing someone else and then like interacting and dancing and I'm like that just I don't think really happens very often in life like yeah like if you see a ghost you don't dance with them yeah and then Not if usually. you walk in on someone dancing with somebody you're like yeah yeah it's my dead friend you're like you don't just be like yeah all right he's just working through some stuff you probably like you know immediately get them to a therapist of some sort well, that that does happen eventually, but not soon enough, Ryan. That's what I'm saying. And it sounds like it. Was... David, it happens in like 15 minutes. <laughs> but it was a couple not days or something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm saying I'm getting the straight jacket out right away. You know, I'm. Yeah, you're padding the rooms. I always like that in movies too. Like hallucination is metaphor. Like whenever there's like a a. a biographical movie it's always like then they're constantly hallucinating their brother who died when they were a kid or yeah it's just like a way of describing mm-hmm. their their inner demons but yeah their dad's like the dad's like you need to uh to work this shit out it's kind of you're <laughs> freaking us out one thing i really remember too about family ties is that the eras in which the dad has a beard and does not oh yeah yeah it's really striking to me <laughs> in first he doesn't right and then he grows the beard later you know i wish i knew the answer to that david <laughs> they're like rings on a tree i don't i don't either i picture him like he is in this episode all the time so oh no he definitely has no beard for periods yeah, yeah. and he was in tremors i just watched tremors again yeah, recently he's a republican in tremors though. he is and he's married to reba mcintyre wait she's in tremors yeah, yeah. oh what? oh yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, and they're, they're like, like in all three Tremors, though. That's kind of what's weird. I think so. I think are they in all? Yeah. <laughs> no, and they have the scene where they are shooting the Tremor for like five minutes. Is was like the coolest thing I ever saw when I was a kid. Yeah. Wow. I need to rewatch Tremors. Yeah. Well, if there if you have one takeaway from this experience, <laughs> I hope it's that. <laughs> rewatch Tremors. <laughs> I I know because I rewatched it about three days ago. <laughs> fresh in my mind so um yeah so alex is plagued by the memory and uh, greg appears to him again and he remembers refusing to help he sort of reenacts the moment where he doesn't go with greg in the car which leads us to a commercial break yeah and so that was the point where again i won't keep repeating not having known about this episode i was like this is seeming like a like a one-act play to me now but mm-hmm. but then they go to the next scene and it seemed very sitcommy to me and so then I was like oh it just must have been a weird little starter scene but then they go full on but this next scene is very out of place for this episode yeah I mean I think a lot when we talk about special episodes I think probably the most recurring element in our 
conversations is like how uneven they are. Mm-hmm. How at the points in which they still feel like sitcoms kind of don't fit in with whatever point they're trying yeah. to make or with the tone of the important part of the episode. Although I thought this was fairly balanced. I mean, this one sort of evolves into something too because it's like 20 minutes of a sitcom episode and then like 40 minutes of like a, a like a stage play basically. Yeah, and it's all moving towards that. It's just this one scene with the monk that just seems very out of place to me. Like they didn't have enough of the story in there so they just had to put something else in there is what it felt like yeah so we come back from the commercial break and alex is is talking to a monk who's sitting in the living room with it's like a trappist monk right yeah those guys are serious and i just questioned like how do you just call upon a monk to make a house call yeah i was gonna say i don't know how he knows him or why that's why he's (laughs) there and he like tries to get him to leave before his parents come home like who is this guy I love the part where he's trying to sneak the monk out before his parents come home. <laughs> he doesn't do a good job. No, he totally he's fails. Like the car pulled up right outside. Like, come on. <laughs> I, I want. They, they have a back door. I wanted that to be wackier. You know, like oh, hide this monk. <laughs> you know, throw some coats, throw some coats on him or something. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know what are we gonna to, do like, with this monk? The kitchen, but then they coming in there, so he tries to shuffle him out there. You know, and then. Yeah. Soon enough, you see him climbing out the window in the back. And... <laughs> so that was that was too understated, yeah, I would say. Yeah, yeah it was very But strange. so, and then Alex, Michael J. Fox, can't become a monk because he, he likes girls too much, it seems. Can we say really quick, um, he hasn't had a date in three months, is what Greg says to Alex. And then they mm-hmm. act like that's a very long time. I feel like three <laughs> months isn't a very long time, is it? <laughs> Well, he's in college. Whatever. I didn't date in college. I was like, three months is nothing. That's crazy. <laughs> That's what stood out to me the most in the whole episode. I was like, oh, <laughs> calm down. I don't think it'll surprise <laughs> anybody to know that I'm on Jess's side of this. <laughs> three, three months, months I could is... do on my head, you know. <laughs> so I'm here, I'm here with a couple of duds. Because <laughs> let me tell you, if I went three months, I'd, I'd shrivel up. Three months, and that's before dating apps or anything. Wasn't it harder to find people? <laughs> I don't know. I just think that that was crazy. That it happens a lot in all sitcoms, though. They'll be like, it's been, they'll like whisper, it's been four months since I've had sex. And I'm like, four months isn't that long, but okay. Yeah, well, it's one of those, like, when you actually count out how many sexual partners, like, characters on sitcoms have, it's like in the hundreds. And you're yeah, like, that's true. Yeah. They should do a very special episode of, like, they should do a culture, cartoon all-stars style where they get all these, like, <laughs> sitcom Casanovas and it should be about STDs, you know? <laughs> like, what's uh, sad is, like, what would constitute a Casanova is, like, Jason Alexander on Seinfeld. Yeah. Because he was <laughs> That's getting true. women left and right. And you're like, what? That's true. He did really well. But he totally had herpes, you know? <laughs> he definitely did. So then Skippy shows up. Yeah. And, I, I love Skippy. I like when Skippy and the monk are making small talk. That was probably my favorite part. No, this just hit me as another sitcom moment of, like, friends or neighbor characters who show up without any express purpose for showing yeah, up. Yeah, that's such a yeah. thing. It's just like, hey, I'm here. And you're like, oh, I guess they're there. And I'm, I'm like, how often do you go to another person's place without an ex- explicit reason for being there? Like, hey, let's yeah. go here or let's watch this or I don't know. I never had neighbors 69. like that. Yeah. Neither, neither guys never had a wacky neighbor. 
no. exactly. No. Not that showed up like that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess maybe some of my brother's friends, but I never had anybody. Everyone's yeah. always so annoyed with these people, too. Like, they don't even like them, but they're always at their house. Yeah, they just show up. And to yeah. be fair to, like, uh, family matters, like, that was kind of the bit that Urkel just didn't realize he wasn't welcome and would just show yeah. up. And... Oh, he didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> I would just think that during the long stretches of time in which you guys weren't going on dates, <laughs> that you would be open to people. <laughs> to, you just want some company, some social company. I you know, just you never just even people... had a neighbor that tried. Like, if someone was annoying <laughs> that was coming over, I'd probably let them. I'm very nice, but it just yeah. never happened. <laughs> exactly. Because we're squares, so we know people That's right. don't you know. Nobody comes near me. <laughs> I have a cat. I don't know. She's annoying. <laughs> That's what I got. So then later... Uh, the monk leaves. So, uh, the, the considering becoming a monk has really nothing to do with anything. No. It's just, I guess, it just presents an existential crisis, I yeah. guess, is what that is. Yeah, it just shows that Alex is looking at, you know, the great beyond, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, so then later, uh, Alex spills juice all over himself while he's studying, which was a big dramatic moment. <laughs> um, and then the ghost of Greg mocks him. This is when I was like, Greg is like, this is a real ghost haunting you situation. <laughs> you gotta call the ghostbusters yeah i know i was waiting for that where's your proton pack because before we're like okay we're acting out memories and it's yeah, all yeah. kind of internalized but then the ghost is just like fuck you alex you spilled juice on yourself yeah. and I was make like, me oh, a sandwich like a... bitch i know it's pretty bad <laughs> but then they hug some more yeah they had a lot and uh yeah there's some some serious hugging yeah so then Mallory walks in on the hallucination, and there's, like, an uncomfortable amount of levity, I would say. It's a little too played for laughs. Yeah, I I certainly noticed that the audience wasn't sure when to laugh and when not to. Which is, yep. which is another theme for these very special episodes, too, right? Yeah, I thought it was better in this one than in the, the Different Strokes episode we watched with the child molester. That had much more uncomfortable laughs. <laughs> yeah. So that's all right. So then uh, Alex says that laziness, his own laziness, is why Greg is dead. And that uh, my la- my life was saved out of smallness, which that was interesting because Michael J. Fox is like 5'2 or something, yeah. right? He's 5'4". <laughs> what other story. stats do you have? It's very short. I know, I know a lot about him. but What do you got? Share. Um, the J doesn't stand for anything. His middle name is Andrew. Oh, what? Oh, he's just going the Bullwinkle route. He wanted to avoid um, Canada jokes. So if you went by Michael A. Fox, there's like the A thing. People in Canada say A a lot. What? Yeah. Uh, okay. But then people would be like, he's a fox. A fox? I know, that's what I always thought. But I think there was a Mike Fox who's a sports guy or something at the time that was pretty famous. So he actually goes by Mike a lot more often, but he couldn't be Mike Fox. So... He just shoved a J in there instead of his middle name being Andrew. It has nothing to do with the J. But he could have just gone by Michael Andrew Fox though too. He could have, yeah. That was before the three name thing. The like, yeah, uh, I suppose. You know, all those, yeah, all those needs, guys in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> who needs that shit in their Anthony life? Michael Hall. He was eighties. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Mine's hyphenated though. It's different. It's <laughs> different. Um, I didn't choose this. Is he on your is he on your list like your celebrities that you could have a tryst with list? Um 
no, I have a weird relationship with him because he's the same. He's so he's exactly six months younger than my mom. So I feel kind of like, oh. like he's so adorable in all these shows and and Spin City especially. I feel like he's very sexy, but um, mm-hmm. he's I mean he's older and I love his wife so much that I always feel very respectful about it. <laughs> who's tra- like, who's what, his wife? Her name is Tracy Pollan. They actually met on Family Ties. They've been together for so oh. long, and she's just so she's just awesome. Um, <laughs> if I like someone's wife, I can't even pretend like yeah. I, like Will Smith. I can't. Okay. Yeah, Ryan. Ryan, I have a question for you. Quickly. <laughs> okay. Sure. When you're Shoot. making uh, your list of celebrities <laughs> that are on your list, how much do you take into account the uh, husbands of these ladies? I'm gonna answer that with not at all. <laughs> So, no, let's say, though, let's say, because not Michael J. Fox now. Okay. Let's say, like, 1987 Michael J. Fox. Okay. And he's available. Okay. Like, this is an imaginary. Yeah. So, you're going for it. Yeah, for sure. Also, I was born in 1987. That's just, like, it's all. So, let's say the day you were born. No, let's let's do this. Let's say, on the day you were born. If Michael J. Fox had walked into the delivery room, As an would infant? you have sex with him? <laughs> That's the worst question I've ever been asked. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. So then Mallory walks in. Well, I was going to say one other thing is like, uh, Alex is very upset because, you know, his selfishness is why he's alive. Uh-huh. But I he's a Republican. That, yeah, I think that just validate his Republican <laughs> views, you know? It'd be like, yeah, being selfish is the way to go. You know, it's interesting, though, They talk. he talks so much. He talks about selfishness, and then that comment he says about smallness. Those are yeah. deeper. But he does function, he, like, focuses a lot on being lazy, which I think is really, I think that's probably the thing. He was lazy, and that's something that he's, like, he's not a very lazy person by nature, so I think that's probably what affected him yeah, more. So it's just bothering him that he wasn't a go-getter in this one instance, and it paid off. Exactly, which I, I mean, guess is a selfish way to think, so. Yeah, and, you know, and then in, like, you know, a couple of years, he's going to be on welfare, right? Yeah. I know, right? He, he should feel like he did society a favor. <laughs> like, Or what if what if Greg was on life support? If he'd survived, he's on life support. Would Alex believe that taxpayer money should go towards his uh, keeping him alive? Probably not. Probably not, yeah. No. So then, uh, oh, this is where we go to the therapy sequence. Yay, yes. therapy. <laughs> Yay, and it happens kind of abruptly, right? We just yeah. go right into it. Yeah. And what do you guys think of the device of the way that this is staged is really it's I would say it's artfully staged what we're about to see. Um what do you think about though that we never see the therapist and that he's like a voice off screen? Hmm. It just I don't know. It just strikes me as just a uh, one-act on, one off-Broadway production that they are just like, how can I make this as much of that as possible? So you have the uh, voice of a narrator who is a position of authority just coming through a speaker, you know? So you could just project whatever you want on it as an ethereal authority figure, like a god, basically, that is just helping him through these events in his life. Do you want to say anything about that? That was so much deeper than I was thinking, like, in a Charlie Brown kind of way. Or <laughs> 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 just going, like, 
But yeah, I like what David said. <laughs> what, what, what if the therapist was just like, wah, wah, yeah, wah, 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 wah. And then he was like, and then my mom didn't do this. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I don't remember what show it was. I think it was a show that lasted like one season and has been forgotten by time. But I remember there's a character on this show I saw when I was a kid. And he's watching a Charlie Brown special, and it's like Charlie Brown like going through puberty. And he's like, what's happening to my voice? What's wah, 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 wah? <laughs> That's like the best bit ever. That's pretty good. That's very I, funny. Yeah. I will say that this is a cliched therapist, and thus giving therapists a bad rap, where like they literally just say nothing except like, and how does that make you feel? Hmm. Well, what would your therapist say about that, David? <laughs> well, I, I think he'd be like, take your pants off. And I'd be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think well, it's a little more conversational, where it's like, because, yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. Usually. It depends. Yeah. I thought it was a pretty good portrayal of therapy. I mean, obviously, too, like in therapy, you don't get up and walk around, mm-hmm. and, like, people don't appear under spotlights. <laughs> You don't act out vignettes from your life. So, I mean, obviously this is a very... I remember this so vividly. I feel like this is one of those things that I didn't understand at all when I was a little kid and my mom would, like, explain it to me. It's funny to, like, look back at things that are artfully done and remember how much I just didn't get them at all as a little kid. Um, But I don't know. I think that this is kind of amazing, personally. Like... Uh, we usually, I guess, evaluate it more at the end, but I think that this is pretty brilliant, this whole thing. Like, the way that it develops his character and the balance of, like, humor and, like, it deep... I don't... I wish that I knew Family Ties better to kind of contrast his character, what we know, against this, but this seems to be, like, a pretty deep character study of a sitcom character. Yeah, I think so. I mean, some of the questions that the therapist asks, though I do agree with David a little bit that it's obviously, it's just to get him to talk about himself, but I don't know if they ask you, do you believe in God in therapy? I've never been to therapy. I should go to therapy, but um, that well, question yeah, obviously comes... Well, yeah, I was going to say that, yeah. Thanks, right? um, um, That question comes up a lot, but like the, uh, you know, he touches on his relationship with his dad and he opens up about that. And I think, is it hard to be you is like a very... That's like a very deep question to ask a person, which I think is good for Alex to kind of open up. That's something that... I think we're going to pick that apart yeah. a lot yeah. for a lot of reasons. But uh, Jess, I want to ask you, though, when you're watching that, uh, how did that make you feel? <laughs> which question, Ryan? <laughs> I don't know. I don't actually care. I have so a lot of I, feelings. Uh... I, this episode made me cry, but everything makes me cry, so it doesn't say, that's not saying much. <laughs> but I okay. did cry, so just throwing it out uh, there. What? Was there a particular moment that made you cry? Yeah, actually, it was before when uh, he was in the kitchen with Mallory before the therapy stuff. When he's, like, frantically trying to make a sandwich. It's, like, very clear that he's falling apart. I know, but that's very sad to me. He's like, Oh, I thought it was just because you wanted a sandwich. You know, yeah. I, mean, I always want a sandwich. I'm not eating gluten right yeah. now, so maybe that maybe it's just internal. Oh, God, that makes me cry. Maybe I do need therapy. But no, but it was yeah. sad to see him. He's such a functional guy or, you know, semi-functional guy, and he's... And he and Mallory have this relationship, and siblings are important to me, so I don't know. And I'm, I cry at everything. It doesn't even matter if I cry, so. <laughs> I'll remember that. <laughs> it's, really, it's, it's very frequent, so. If I ever see you cry, I'm going to be like, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> this is old hat. Um, I guess I'll be a real person for a second, um, which I try not to do on this podcast ever. 
But uh, I have a really close friend who died, and this actually made me think about that a lot uh, and just sort of the processing of it. So I don't know if that's just because I'm vulnerable to that scenario, but um, again, I thought it was pretty well handled, like the whole unpacking of it and like the um, sort of existential crisis that comes from losing someone really close to you. It wasn't abrupt, like this was abrupt, which I think would probably fuck you up even more. But uh, it does make you kind of look at, like, where your life is at and who you are and just this whole existential kind of mess, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, let's make dumb jokes again. I guess, Ryan, have you seen a therapist at all? Um, or do you not I'm want to answer? Getting... <laughs> <laughs> I will say that, yes, I have in my life. Yep, it's I a have thing that's happened. Yeah, too. Okay. And I guess just for me, like contrasting with what's going on here, I feel like it was, it's much more conversational where a therapist will talk with you and talk about themselves sometimes. And just Well, the there's way. different styles of therapy. I yeah. think therapists aren't really supposed to talk about themselves. Well, yeah, I mean, they're not like intimate details, but like if you bring up a situation in your life, they might just say what their life is like for that too. I don't know. They're like, well, I'll tell you my top three celebrities yeah, exactly. I would have sex with. <laughs> that's that's been my experience with therapists, anyways. Is that they will, you know, it's just more of a conversation than just always getting things reflected back at you. Now, at, at the same time, you know, going in, most people will know that it's it's about you, you know, when you go in there. Yeah, you know, it's, it's about you talking things through. But well, and I think it's two things at once in this case, like because it's a simulation of therapy we're watching, but it's also sort of like a play that's unpacking this character and how yeah. he's uh, processing trauma and grief. Yeah, that is true. This is like him going through grief, which and like the journey he goes on here would not have been in like one session or anything. Yeah, that's the other thing is it's like a lot of therapy. That's always my favorite, like the the Full House episode where Stephanie goes to therapy for like four minutes and she's like, totally, her problems are solved. Well, the problem was uh, like Danny never had her draw a picture before. I know, just draw a fucking picture, ask her what's on the picture, you're all set. Also, also they didn't really get to any of the real problems with those people on that show. (laughs) But, uh, okay, so Alex starts talking about his childhood and his obsession with money and things like that. So at this point, we start to have these spotlights come on, and we enter these scenarios where, like, his mom... Because it's all dark, but it's actually this large stage, and other characters are situated in specific spots that are kind of fixed, and Alex moves around, but they're, you don't see them until a spotlight comes on them. And so... And then we go through kind of his personal history. How did you like that, like, him being Alex Keaton at different ages and stuff like that? Oh, I thought that was really cool. I thought I wrote down that he and uh, jumping a tiny bit ahead, but when he and Greg are playing their child selves, it reminded me of Big a lot, like how Tom Hanks is just playing a thirteen-year-old, but you're seeing Tom Hanks, and they do a really good job talking like they're second graders or wherever the hell they are in that whatever elementary school they're supposed to be in. They do a pretty good job reflecting that, so I think he slips into it well, which makes it kind of more believable or easier to follow, I guess. Yeah, they don't overdo it. Like, in this first one, he's seven, yeah. and it's yeah. not, like, over the top. Yeah, I think I like that. Yeah, well, it's almost a problem where, like, when he was seven, it's like, did he really talk like that when he was seven? But Well, one thing we get into a lot is, like, his genius-level intelligence, yeah. which 
and that's the thing that's present throughout the whole series, right? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, he's always very smart, but I'm just questioning if he's so smart, why is he Republican? And I can't quite (laughs) mix the two in my head, you know? It's the Reagan era. Um, Well, we just lost like five listeners from that. um, (laughs) Bye. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Peace out. So, yeah, like when he's seven, he can't sleep at night because he's obsessing over Watergate and things like that. Um, but, uh, I thought that was interesting, too, because I think on a sitcom like this, like, this character's sort of, like, genius-level intelligence is kind of cartoonish always, you know? Like, it's never really treated as real, and then this really breaks down, like, what it's like to be that person, which I thought was, uh, well done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's just, well, when, if a character's smart on a sitcom, they almost always treated as they're smart at everything. Yeah. And it's just, that's not how things work ever. You know, no, you know, just cause you're smart at, you know, math doesn't make you a great biologist as well or anything, but that's how speak for a- yourself. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Ryan. I know you are an expert on everything. Whereas this I one, I can't is- believe you're trying to say I'm not a good biologist. Too, but that's, <laughs> that hurts me. I know you're talking about me. And, and, well, where on this, they really do seem to ground just he's very smart, but he's not, like, superhuman. Yeah, but that he's unusually smart. Yes, like, yes. Yeah, they drill that home with the teacher situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I thought was really awesome. But wait, we'll get to that. Because first he get into his, his issues with his mom. His mom That's yeah. another thing about sitcoms. Like, I feel like sitcoms, this one included, there's not often true, like mom children dynamics like that he's like oh you've got issues with your mom and it's like everyone's got issues with with their mom but i don't feel like it's really present and like the character of meredith baxter murray is his mom or whatever like i think it'd be hard to break down what his mom issues would really be yeah because she's pretty perfect right she seems like a pretty good mom i mean tv moms are usually like the best possible mom what are your mom issues david (laughs) next question you gonna skip know. it? You're not gonna do it? We should all do it. Let's get into our mom issues. We all have them. Happy Mother's Day. Oh yeah, that was a couple days ago. We can Okay. <laughs> yeah, screw yeah, them man. Yeah. <laughs> We're just gonna move on. <laughs> so then Alex sees the therapist's college degrees on the wall and he just starts talking all this shit about the college he went to. Yeah, and I don't that's where I, I just don't think I know enough about colleges to know anything about whether, what kind of reputation Grant University has. Is it even a university? I don't even know if that's a real college. I didn't yeah. look either. I kind of took that as regional, like when they were talking about the baseball teams. I was like, oh, these are irrelevant to me in the Pacific Northwest. I don't know what these things yeah. are. So, Well, I've heard of the Cleveland Indians, at least. Yeah, so I've heard of the baseball teams. I don't know about their finances, but, um, but yeah, well, I was just like, whatever, college. Wait, hold on, hold on. You don't know about the Cleveland Indians' finances? No. I don't know why their name is still the Cleveland Indians. That's about as much as well, I yeah, that's, that's, a, that's yeah, what I got that's for a big those one. guys. Really unacceptable. Yeah. Well, isn't it the Washington Redskins? Yeah. That's is football, that's baseball? but yep, that's yeah, uh, worse. Well, it's where you live. You're in Washington. No, that's no, D.C. Yeah. Oh, see, that's how much I know about we're sports. We're the Seattle Mariners and Seahawks. We're, we're politically correct over here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. So. so is Minnesota Vikings? Is that like insensitive to Nordic 
barbarian. Yeah, actually, my um, my university in Bellingham, Washington, is uh, Vikings, and there's been a lot of controversy in the last couple of years because people think that's a Has there? Yeah. I feel like you can say whatever you want about white people. <laughs> I know. I thought Vikings aren't that bad, but then I was like, whatever. Yeah. If someone's offended, I don't care if we change it. But I grew up in Oakland, and our college basketball team was the Cracker Ass Crackers. <laughs> and you're like, that's fine. And no, no one was upset. We're like, yeah, that's fine. We have everything. Who cares? I, I guess there's part of me that's just like, does anyone consider themselves a Viking these that's days? That's what I thought, like, too, yeah. And like, I don't know. We could right. get into it, and like, yeah, as yeah. you say, there's sports teams. Whatever. I always say, if someone is offended, maybe it's offensive. I don't <laughs> I care. Know. If my alma mater gets changed, I don't care at all. I don't identify as a Viking just because I went there, but no. So uh, Grant University is apparently the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. Oh, this is losers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this isn't in Tennessee, though. This show, right? Yeah. No. Apparently, I guess it's around. Ohio or Cleveland or is it? Well, they, I don't know where they. Or, I don't know why they'd be fans of the Cleveland Indians. Otherwise, well, you just now you just we lost five listeners who are Cleveland Indians fans. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, dude! So, uh, so then we get to the Mallory vignette, and yeah, so she had a date with Greg, which I don't know if that's supposed to be taken literally though, or if that's more of like a. In, within the mind kind of a thing. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it was just yeah, a reference to which may or may not have happened. Yeah, I don't know. But she starts talking about reincarnation and these sort of hippie outlooks of mm-hmm. the afterlife. Uh, and she says, read Shirley MacLaine, which I liked. Yeah. <laughs> Shirley, Shirley MacLaine was really into reincarnation and channeling and stuff like that. Yeah, I was just confused. Is this something Mallory would really talk about, or is this... I think so, yeah. I think that's in line with her. Would you say, Jed, do you remember? Yeah. I feel like you're the, you're the most knowledgeable of the I show. think so. I think that Mallory's supposed to be most like her parents who are like very open to stuff. So, yeah, that that I feel like that was... They just remind me of my mom's family, Mallory and her parents, and, and yeah, that's weird shit they'd be into. So. Wait, you mean the show Mama's Family? My, no, my actual mother's family. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Related to me. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. We haven't done Mama's Family yet, but it's, it's on its way, I'm I sure. I don't even know what that show is, so. <laughs> oh, well, I'll tell you all about it. Out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, as a side note, apparently this show is set in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, okay. I've thought about moving to Columbus, Ohio a bunch. I went there once, and it was it was nice, and houses were cheap. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that's my place I always think of when I'm like, ah, oh, i got to get out of Portland. It's too expensive here. I'm like, where would I go? And that's like my number one uh, idea. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's a really good cartoon art museum there. Oh, really? So, yeah, I went and I saw the Bill Watterson show there oh, is why cool. I went. Yeah, because he's from Ohio, so he shows work there sometimes. Anyway, I'm sure everyone's fascinated by that, too. I lost five more listeners with that. But, uh, so then this is where the therapist asks Alex if it's hard to be him, which... Yeah, is it hard to be you? Which... Let's let's get into it. <laughs> that's a very interesting... I feel like that's a really interesting question to ask a person. Break it down. Is it condescending to ask that, first of all? I feel like if somebody asked me that, I'd be super annoyed, but... Really? Right? That's... I mean, we can take into effect that into what fact that this is therapy. So you know, I guess it's more of an acceptable question. But in, if somebody just asked you that, not only is it offensive, but there's no right answer to that, right? Like, no, there's not. 
Well, why would you be annoyed by it? Well, okay, I I feel like there's I could only say no, like other people have it harder, but I feel like my life's been kind of rough, so I wouldn't say mm-hmm. yes immediately, but I might I might think yes in my head. Yeah, I feel like therapy like you're supposed to feel like it's okay to I mean, I think probably a lot of people don't feel like you can say yes. And everyone wants to say yes to yeah. that question. Well, yeah, it's hard to be a human being. So it's interesting with Alex because we couldn't be more different as humans. Um, mm-hmm. Like a like a he's doing fine money wise white guy who's going to a nice school who's a Republican. So obviously nobody wants to hear that a Republican thinks it's hard to be that. But I actually <laughs> yeah, think I it's probably right. pretty hard to be Alex, like especially in his family and going through this thing with Greg and he doesn't know how to handle anything and. His relationship with his siblings and, like, his parents are super hippie and he's not. And I don't know. I think I think it's probably really hard to be him. And I can't believe I'm saying that because I hate those kinds of people, really. I don't like them at all. But I mean, it's, it's a really loaded – I can't think of a more loaded human being in our culture to ask that question to yeah. than the, like, well-off, intelligent yeah. – yeah. I feel like, too, one thing that's stuck out to me about this is, like – the image of, like, the hip young Republican has gone away. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, in the 80s, there were, like, handsome young men who were go-getters who were Republicans. And that now young men Republicans are just, like, poor, uneducated <laughs> guys, basically. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, yeah. they're still the Wall Street types. I guess we just might not associate them with... Well, I think the... I think what's actually going on here, as I'm trying to unpack it in my mind, is that 80s is when Republican was really reserved just for people who wanted to, like, make more money, pay less taxes, that kind of thing. And, Mm -hmm. like, through the 80s into the 90s to the 2000s is where your religious beliefs really started becoming a part of the Republican identity. That's probably true. Conservative values. Yeah, where conservatism mm-hmm. and actually Reagan actually started that. Not to get all political, but but I think we we you, you don't quite catch on to it until later when suddenly it's just all like if you're Republican, you have to be Christian too, basically. You know. Yeah. And it be- yeah, yeah, it becomes more like pro Christianity, anti-abortion than than cutting taxes, basically, but. Yeah, um, I think it's interesting, too, because I feel like this episode, it really humanizes Alex in all these ways, mm-hmm. but then what he's about to tell us about is how it's hard for him to be, he says it's hard for him because he's better, yeah. and he's smarter than people, and I think they do a really good job of breaking down how difficult that was for him to be so smart, you know, mm-hmm. which yeah. is becomes pretty sympathetic, I would, I'd say it's really well done. Mm-hmm. But I think this is a thing where this aired 30 years ago. This is like almost to the day. This is 30 years old, this episode. Um, and that in this last 30, I think sympathy towards a character like this has really taken a nosedive. Yeah, for sure. Like, no one wants to hear about how hard it is to be Alex P. Keaton anymore. Yeah. Like, but I mean, how so many character, basically, you know, we're saying he, he is a you know young white Republican and how many of them would show these days the vulnerability that Alex is showing in this episode? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
Maybe maybe in therapy. I would say you'd have to get you'd have to see their therapy session. But yeah, I know. But it's all that you know toxic male masculinity kind of stuff that's going on where you can't even show weakness or whatever makes you less of a man. Yeah, I know. Well, after we're done recording, David, you and me can talk and we can both cry. I appreciate that, Ryan. Look, listen, Jess is laughing at us. (laughs) Men. Why Men get together him? and they cry, Jess. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, I do think that what's interesting to me, though, it's weird that I feel empathy for him, but um, mm-hmm. it seems like there's a lot of pressure on Alex in his uh-huh. life or that he's put on himself, obviously, because his parents are hella chill. But um, I think that's what I think is weird, is that I, f- and as me, a person that shouldn't feel sad for these kinds of uh, white Republican men, um mm-hmm. I feel a little sad, they, like, the pressure that they put on themselves. And I'm talking back then, too. I don't feel bad for Paul Ryan or anything, but <laughs> I'm not a monster. Wait, you, you feel uh, bad for Paul Ryan, right? I know. I, I'm like, this is right. recording. I don't feel bad for Paul Ryan. Can we make that clear? <laughs> put, put, put that on the record. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I'm liberal or whatever. I'm comfortable with admitting that or, you know, uh, in my personal life. Uh, but I do think that one of the biggest sources of conflicts between people's beliefs or whatever is a lack of empathy. Like, I think part of why Donald Trump is our president is because we're very comfortable saying like, well, just fuck you. If you're a white man conservative, then just fuck you. That's it. You can just die. And, uh, I think that lack of empathy or understanding, it just creates these walls. Yeah these berlin walls and uh so i don't know i mean it's funny because i do feel like oh this is a person i don't want to sympathize with but watch i mean this is weirdly like uh poignant at this moment this narrative but uh i do think you know you don't have to agree with someone you can't agree with a lot of people but i think still like regarding the base level of humanity in them or that like uh people with a lot of privilege still feel really uncomfortable a lot and doubt themselves and are vulnerable in these ways, you know? And that if we could all like approach each other with that understanding, I think we would, things would be going a little better. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't, we don't need to carry on about this for much longer. I agree with that. I do think it's interesting to see, well, with Alex P. Keaton and like any sitcom character, you get to see, you know, their backstory already. So there's a little bit more trust. Like if, like I said, Paul Ryan, I don't feel bad for him, but, like, if I saw his therapy session when his friend died when he was 21 and he's, like, asking all these questions and he has all these emotions, like, I might have a little bit of a heart for him, but we don't get to see that in real people. But it's the same thing with those those people don't see it in anybody else that's struggling or women or any person that's not a rich white guy. So, like, if you just know people's stories, that's kind of where empathy comes in. Um, so let me ask you, Paul Ryan... Like in his prime, really like twenty four yeah. year old Paul Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Is is he in your top is he no. in your top three? <laughs> young know. young Paul Ryan. No, like he's been working no. out. He's all right. He's not even very old right now. I don't even need the young caveat. No, he's What if the uh, only way you could have a romantic interlude with a young Michael J. Fox would be if no. you also had to have one with Paul Ryan? No, it's over. Say no. How about you, David? Same question. Me and Paul Ryan. <laughs> yeah, but you'd have and yeah. You, the only way to get to Michael J. Fox is through literally through Paul Ryan. I'd have sex with Paul Ryan, anyways. But I'd take some <laughs> pictures and I'd make sure they got out. 
There we go. That's I'd nice. bite the yeah. bullet for that one. That's for damn sure. That's good. This is a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could go on and on about what you're saying, Ryan, but I don't think everyone wants this to get super political. So, well, that's all I really have to say about it is that uh, you know empathy for people that you don't like or agree with. I know, but then when they show so much lack of empathy, then sometimes right. it's yeah. Therein lies the problem. Yes, um, it's complicated. I'm, if it was a two-way street, blah blah yeah. blah. Okay. So we see Alex as a kid. His teacher is one of the people that shows up under light, a light, and she talks. She always says Alex knows. Like she puts pressure on him in the class, and uh, oh, and then there's always these like this language that brings it back to Alex's current scenario. Like, it was an accident is something he says in class, and then it reminds him of the accident that killed his friend. Yeah. There's a good uh, narrative uh, lead over from that. Oh, this is where they do the thing with the sports team. He's playing catch with his dad, and he's talking about how much money the Orioles make and things like that. Yeah, and he gets kind of into that Republican view of winners and losers and how things are just a zero-sum game. And mm-hmm. that sad that you think about life that way. Although he seemed to be going back on it saying his dad might have been on to something so i thought it was really interesting when they asked him if he thinks his father is weak yeah Yeah. that was intense (laughs) because that was a good therapy question and then he was like would you want to kill your father and then have sex with your mother and then alex was like yes i mean no i mean do i know they're my parents and then he stabs out his eyes yeah yeah um, yeah, and that he, that too, what comes from that, his sort of evolution of his thinking and his attitude towards his father, like understanding who he is over time, that was pretty well done, I thought. Yeah, I like that. I liked all that dad stuff. He said he has great love, my father. I thought that was very poetic. I really liked that. Yeah. He has great love. And he does. He's a good guy. That's a, like the best dad character. Dads aren't always great on sitcoms, and he's a good one. Yeah, usually dads are either just assholes or comic relief and yeah he's a caring one so it's true so yeah then he 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 has an exchange with his sister jennifer who's the save the children spokesperson (laughs) uh and they talk about kierkegaard and van halen i like that contrast um i feel like that a lot like i like to talk about smart stuff and really dumb stuff yeah well, you always talk about that on our podcast too. That you, uh... I know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a Jennifer, maybe. You know, <laughs> but the problem is, there's not a whole lot that happens with that, and I think it's just she's not a very interesting character, I guess, and maybe it's because she's too well rounded that you just don't even really see a flaw necessarily. Yeah, she's just like a. I don't know, isn't she, is she in a band or is that in real life? Was she in a band in real life on the show? <laughs> she's just like a cool girl. They try to just make her very cool. Which yeah. doesn't actually make sense for the uh, birth order of that family, but that's okay. Why? You think the third one's not cool? No, it's the middle child that's usually a well-rounded cool one. That's I, not true at all. That is too true. The middle they, child is always the most fucked up. No, well, yeah, but also they're the ones that's like down with whatever and they have different interests. It's like the Goldilocks thing, you know? Mm. That's the It's like too hot, too cold, just right. Just right in the, in the you, middle. Do you think that because you're the the middle child? Absolutely not. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) But the 
baby of the family. Oh, I guess Jennifer's not the baby because they have that weird kid. But mm. well, she is until that. Yeah, until well, right. That said time she grew displaced. up for a long time being the baby, and those yeah. those people, yeah. yeah, they can usually do whatever yeah. they want. So. Yeah, the babies. Screw them. <laughs> yeah, and screw the well. eldest too. <laughs> I'm the youngest in my family. Wow, what and, an uh, asshole. That explains so much, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever talked to your therapist about the way that I treat you, David? <laughs> I, I have not gone to therapy, actually, since we've started the podcast. Maybe the podcast yeah. is my therapy. Have you ever fun? I know. I'll, I'll see what I can do about that. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you keep tormenting me. I'll eventually have to uh, go. Working hard. Uh, working hard. Uh, so, apparently... Tina Yothers, the actress, formed a band named Jaded with her brother, Corey. Oh, Hmm. her brother. Yep, and she provided the lead vocals while Corey played keyboard. Oh, boy, we got to have a uh, Tina Yothers. (laughs) What are they called? Jaded? Yeah, what? Is she older than her brother? Hmm. Yeah, who's the the older one? Who's more well-adjusted? What's the birth order in that fam? Yeah, now, now I'm trying to find it. <laughs> All right, we'll come back to it. Uh, so then we see how uh, Alex met Greg in class all those years ago. Uh, and that Alex wants to return to the security he felt as a little kid. He talks about Batman for a little while, which really spoke to me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where my ears perked up. That was interesting, too, when uh, he has to dumb down his language to talk to the therapist. That was a weird joke. Yeah, I didn't... I wasn't sure about that. And then all the stuff about... So Alex would fake being sick to get um, attention from his mom. Yeah, that was really interesting, I thought. Yeah, he's learning how to work the system early. Well, and it's interesting because he's, like, using this hyper and this unnatural hyper-intelligence to do, like, a very childish thing. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. And then they do the where is Thumpkin, which I haven't... That brought <laughs> me back. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that was sweet. I haven't I haven't done that since I was, like, six, you know? It was soothing to me. Uh, oh, yeah, and then uh, this was the most shoehorned in thing, though, <laughs> when Nick, Mallory's boyfriend, yeah, shows no, up. I'd forgotten about him, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember Nick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ay, ay. yeah, he's that guy, right? Yeah, and he's just really stupid, right? Isn't that his whole shtick? Yeah. Well, and then even Al- basically all they talk about is that he there's no reason for him to be there and that he's kind of shoehorned in. Yeah. It's very meta. It's just, it's meta. It's like, what are you doing here? And then, then they start playing Born to Be Wild. I guess it's alluding to that Nick relates to Alex's inner kind of this part of himself that's actually fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that we see the party tries to hide from everybody. Yeah, that he secretly likes rock music and he rocks out with Greg. The air guitar, which Michael J. Fox plays the guitar in real life. There's another fact for you. Was he doing, like, all the right chords and stuff in the I, air? You know, I don't know the chords, but that's what I thought of when he was doing it. I was like, Let's oh, just he knows assume. what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just always proud of him no matter what, so. <laughs> really? Has has uh, Michael J. Fox ever let you down? No, like, literally not even one time. He's the most perfect Never? Human. No. Did you see that more recent Michael J. Fox show? Did you watch it? I actually did, of course, but, um, and it wasn't great, but I wasn't disappointed in him. It was probably someone else's fault. Oh, because he was great, you know. He's so endearing, just like always. 
<laughs> so if Michael J. Fox like ran over a kid, would you blame the kid? <laughs> I might actually. I need to, <laughs> I need sure. to hear about they, it. They shouldn't have been in the street. <laughs> Did you like Kids them in crazy. Scrubs? Yeah. I, I really liked those Scrubs episodes. Are, do people not like those? No, I don't know. I was just throwing out whatever Michael... Yeah, anytime he's done a couple of like uh, guest spots and shows in the last, I don't know, decade mm. or so, and I always feel like he does a really good job. I've never watched Scrubs because I saw really? that movie Garden State. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. That Scrubs, guy... Scrubs is, is really good. I've heard it's good, and a lot of people who like good shit have told me to watch it, but I just can't look at that guy, ever. Like, Ah, he's fine. I just, he ruined himself for me. I saw that fucking movie, and that was it. That's fair. That was the first rated R movie I saw, uh, legally, in the movie theater. Wow. Um, I know. What movie? Garden State. (laughs) Oh, Garden State, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it it had a really good preview. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, what about Teen Wolf? You liked him in Teen Wolf? Love Teen Wolf. <laughs> and the secret to my of my success? <laughs> I do like the secret of my success. <laughs> I seriously am so biased I can't even... Does he have a bad movie? T- what about Teen Wolf 2? With Jason Bateman? Yeah. yeah. Jason Bateman, who's Justine Bateman's brother, who's in Family Ties. Damn! I can make anything about Michael uh... J. Fox. It's great. All right, hold on. What about the Stuart Little movies? Actually, I've never seen uh, the. I've, oh, I saw I saw the original one, and I was too old for it, so it's fine. But what about Atlantis, what about the Lost Empire? Atlantis is great. Yeah, right. I feel like that's a very underrated. How about the Frighteners? Oh my god, I actually love the Frighteners of all, like yeah. of all Michael J. Fox movies. That's the best one. Frighteners. Cool. How about Have you seen Blue in the Face? No, I have not. He has a small role in that. That's oh. like an improvised movie. Oh, okay. What about yeah. Mars what about Li- Attacks? Mars Attacks is awesome. Yeah. What about Life with Mikey? Life with Mikey is great. I just watched it last year. Oh, okay. The, I gotcha. I gotcha. You ready? Casual Seeds of War. Doc Hollywood. Doc Hollywood's great. I own it on DVD. Ah. <laughs> but you can't Three watch it. Three dollars. I can't watch it, but I own it. <laughs> Okay, so then you're going to say, uh, what are we going to say about Casualties of War, though? Um, Sean Penn's in it, and we have the same birthday, so there's a lot going <laughs> for me in that one. <laughs> Do you like it, though? No, I don't like war movies. <laughs> yeah, and there's, I, I believe there's a lot of uh, rape in that movie. Yeah, I don't, it was like when I was really into, I'm still into Michael J. Fox, obviously, but when I was watching all of his stuff, I was, I was like, that's not for me, so... So you never watched it? I watched it later in life when I, I worked at Blockbuster and we had five free rentals a week. Huh. <laughs> but I was like, I don't I don't really want to. So I kind of half watched it. <laughs> okay. I think we might be running out of Michael J. Fox. What movies. about Homeward right. Bound? Homeward Bound obviously oh, yeah. is amazing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You don't even need to ask that. Oh, he's <laughs> yeah. in the new version of, he's in the new Annie? He is? The one with Jamie Foxx? He just it just says Michael J. Fox though. I guess he plays himself. Weird. I saw that in the theater and I don't remember that. I must have been distracted by how great of a movie that was in general. Uh. <laughs> it's really it's really good. It was so good that you couldn't even I take it in like, that Michael J. Fox so is in it. It would be overwhelming. By how good it was, yeah. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> moving right along. Uh, All right. While we're distracted. Okay, yes. Just while we're distracted, uh Tina Yothers was the younger <laughs> sister of Corey. Okay, right. there's like two of them? Uh, she has three brothers. Don't ask me about <gasps> where she She has been. three brothers? Yeah. Oh, no. 
That's actually okay. where my that's my sister right there. That's me. I have three brothers. Oh, yeah, it's a lot rough. of brothers. It is rough. Is it hard to be me? Yes. Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> so then, uh, yeah, there's sort of a panoramic thing where everyone's like little spotlight comes on and they all say like one thing that was not very great. I thought. Uh, and then, uh, okay, so we're going to get into the same problem we got into with the Boy Meets World yeah, cult episode no. <laughs> now. Are you ready for this, David? Yeah. Because it all comes down to whether or not he believes in God. Right. And he and, does. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I, okay, because I feel two ways about it. One, <gasps> as we agreed in the Boy Meets World cult episode... Believing in God is a solution to a large problem seems problematic in and of itself. Yes. That you shouldn't have to uh, submit to a higher power as a means of coping with something. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, are you, you're an atheist, aren't you, Jess? Yes. Yeah. So, like, if something really terrible happened to you and you were pushed to believe in God... Yeah. What would how would you respond to that? How would that make you feel? I don't I don't like I shouldn't say that. I don't see that happening, but I guess if it did um I don't know, I'd probably hide that from people. It's like the opposite thing. Um I just don't it's like I'm I've been atheist my whole life, so it's very hard for me to imagine turning to solace in a thing I totally don't believe in, so I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think yeah, that being the the way out of an of a problem is because I think that the whole like monologue that comes out of Alex unpacking whether or not he believes in God, I think it's amazing. Honestly, I think the last like three minutes of this was pretty fucking awesome. I'm going to say, uh, just the way he breaks it down and that, uh, analytically he doesn't believe in God and what God means to him as a larger concept and what he, and then it becomes about his ideals of how you can be in the world and that he wants to be that thing. Uh, I thought that was kind of beautiful and moving, honestly. Yeah, I agree with that too. I liked it. It's interesting whenever the God thing comes up and I feel like in a, in the year that the sitcom was, I don't think you could really straight up be like, no, I don't believe in God in this big moment of an episode. Nowadays, obviously, of course, there are tons of atheist characters on TV or or characters that never even talk about it. But back then, it was just such a different thing. Um, I think it makes sense. I've never had a really close friend die, so I don't want to, like, put myself into that position. I've had very close family members unexpectedly die, and it hasn't made me turn to the Lord or anything. So I'm not sure. But (laughs) I've also never been to therapy, so what do I know? (laughs) But I just don't. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like... Something, but I like the idea of God being a dolphin. Like, if that's true, then I could get into it. <laughs> yeah. I did like that, especially if he was yeah. a dolphin that went that traded stocks as well. Yeah, I really yeah. like that idea. Yeah. If that's the answer, I'm okay with it. Well, yeah, and I do think because I have, I I've actually had uh, existential conversations with the a few people i've known who were terminally ill who are now dead and those are always interesting people to talk to about that stuff like yeah. what do you think's going to happen and um and i have had to process grief but i have a, a i won't say i know someone who's very religious who lost their mom and that they just get to go yeah she's in heaven now and like i do feel like i wish i could just 
feel like that. Yeah. Like, oh, cool, they're in heaven. So, yeah. like, I know you're still sad when people you care about die, even if you believe in heaven, which yeah. I don't really get. No, me too. I, the closest person to me that's died, not to be extremely sad, but my stepdad was killed. So it was very out of the blue. And uh, mm-hmm. his whole family was extremely Mormon. They all live in Salt Lake City. But he was mm-hmm. not. Like, he didn't believe in any of that. But when he died, they're, they're all, like, they're conditioned to, and it's fine if you're a Mormon person. I'm not saying anything about it. But they're conditioned to just think it's great and it's fine and it's all good. But it's interesting to me because it's, like, that's not what he believed. So it's weird that you can just go. Hmm. They all got to deal with their grief really, like, just simply, in my opinion. But the rest of us were like, well, yeah. he didn't believe in this. So that's pro- probably not how it went yeah. down. Like, it's Ooh. kind of an interesting None of us on my side of the family were like, that's good. It's cool now. Like, we were all like, this is still fucked up because it's, it is. It's just fucked up. That's just how it is. But, yeah. But for all, all the, all the Mormons, his, his sisters and his dad and stuff, that, that was, it was just like pretty, pretty fine for them because that's just what they believe. Yeah. But, yeah. The, the, the thing I like best about Mormons is that, there aren't really repercussions for not being Mormon in yeah. their religion. Yeah, that's like, true. they don't really have hell. They have, like, echelons of the afterlife. Like, yeah. you don't get your own planet if you're not a Mormon. Yeah. But yeah. you get you get a pretty cool afterlife out of it. Yeah. And I give them credit for that. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. They're very nice people. It's just so interesting to me. I'm like, yeah. well, that's probably nice to just be able to go, oh, all these cliche things that I believe. They truly believe them. So it's, it's I'm not, I shouldn't say that grief's easier. I'm sure it's really sad for them. But it's it was different for us, obviously, on my side of the, the heathen atheist side of my family. So, I mean, I think about that a lot, like how differently I would live if i just believed for a fact that like oh yeah jesus is the son of god and that you do good deeds and you go to heaven afterwards and yeah. do bad things you go to hell like to just know that like it's a fact like and that's what your life is like yeah sort of fascinated by that yeah agreed it's very interesting i don't know though, who knows maybe i'll have some crazy experience and i'll change my mind one day like alex but i don't like know like alex p keaton yeah who knows i don't i'm nothing like him so <laughs> Probably not. Well, I think that you're more like him than you think you are. Alex P. Keaton? Yeah, you're kind of an Alex P. Keaton, honestly. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. I'll put that on my you're resume. Like, you should. I'll get yeah. paid more. You'll, yeah, I work on Wall Street. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's pretty much the wrap. Well, and I don't think that his attitude has really changed uh, in this. It's more just like self discard like he looks inward. And I like to, I always like this, like I, I do a lot of... Um, content or articles or whatever you'd call about sort of dealing with certain issues or whatever. Um, And one approach I always really try to stick to is that like, you don't get to the end and everything's fine now. Like that it's all about processing and beginning your long process of dealing with the thing. And that this ends with him uh, sort of the ending point of this is really the beginning of his therapy. I thought was really great actually yeah, yeah i agree that is good it's the that works really well if you're like a play but then when you're a, like an ongoing series the fact that there's not really follow up any other episode is what usually gets dinged i'll put it that way yeah but you can assume that he just is in therapy still yeah, and it just doesn't come up again i mean that's the other thing too like about sitcom that's like about the greg thing even is like truly in a sitcom if that was the documentation of people's lives, there would be so many aspects of their life. You don't even know what 
their bathroom looks like or like you know like <laughs> you got to know more than six people right yeah, i know yeah, so it it's that. like you know like you don't even see what their jobs are like or anything usually so it's like whatever you know i'm sure there's many aspects yeah. of these people's lives we don't and see. only their friends are there they have no family you know and all that yeah yeah well, then whenever there's, like, asses in seats at a wedding, I was like, who are all these people? I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's any time the friends throw a birthday party. I'm like, who the hell are the rest of these friends? Yeah. There's only six I of know. you and Gunther. That's it. But there's always other people that show up. You never yeah. know. <laughs> it yeah. show should be called Only Six Friends. <laughs> the cool thing. I just can't get past how big their apartment is on Friends, yeah, it's, honestly. it's very distracting. <laughs> I can't get, I can't stop thinking about well, it ever. Well, especially because like, oh. you've lived in New York, right? Yeah, so yeah, I lived in a closet in New York. Yeah. <laughs> paid a very lot of expensive. Money for that closet, Did I ever? <laughs> so um, that pretty much wraps. I mean, do you want to say any final evaluations? Because I honestly, because we usually talk about things just to shit on them. That's like our thing or whatever. But uh, I thought this was really good, honestly. I thought this was a really quality episode of a TV show, and it had really good character stuff, and it was um, insightful and still humorous, and that it, the staging was really cool, too. I really liked that uh, all black with things lighting up. and so I mean, I, I like theater. It really felt like watching a play. Yeah, I agree. But, uh, yeah. I think they yeah. did a good job with it. Well, it certainly felt like that. I, I probably didn't like it as much as you, Ryan, just because it it felt like it was trying too hard sometimes for me, but I'm kind of a cynic with a stone heart, so... Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> do you feel like we've watched... Of all the special episodes we've watched, do you feel like there was one that did a better job of dealing with the issue at hand? Uh, well... Uh, now I'm trying to think of all the ones we've had. I'll I'll break them down. Child molestation, yeah, child molestation, more child molestation. <laughs> Some more uh, child there was molestation. An, well, I mean, Maude had an abortion. I think the uh, most nuanced and best handled was Cartoon All Stars to the Rescue, right? Because oh was, come <laughs> on! <laughs> no, I said this. I mean, the Roseanne one was good too, but uh, that's true. That was very good. But yeah, but that had some issues too. I mean, I guess no episode's perfect, and this was good. Yeah, I will. It just, if, to me, it felt a little cliched at times. Like, it was really trying to be a play, like a one-act play, that it's just, I don't know. I mean, it did feel like an awards show grab to me. Uh, sometimes I felt like I saw the seams to it or something, but then. Hmm. Well, I give it credit for having genuine character development. Yes. And also for... What I always shit talk very special episodes for is resolving a huge issue in 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I think that it ending without things being resolved, that it ends with um, further dealing, that the end point is the beginning of this long process, that it's not all wrapped up neatly at the end, that it's like you're going to have to spend time on this. Like, that is what I always want from special episodes yeah things don't get solved that easily and yeah you do get a lot of mm-hmm. introspection on alex but i feel like family ties does that a lot with alex so it was like really dive into like what he's feeling and stuff but maybe it's just the episodes i remember like the speed episode and such but uh i don't remember that one at all <laughs> he does speed because <laughs> he feels a lot of pressure to... huh so he's feeling pressured that's a good reason to do speed yeah 
as any. Yeah. But no, I think it was. I think it did handle it well, and of course, I was turned off a little by the whole God part. But I understand mm-hmm. it was a product of how people think that you can't process death and accept it unless you believe in an afterlife. I feel like. So, David, you're a real God-hating liberal. <laughs> no, actually, it's not even that I hate. I don't hate religion or anything. It's. I hate the idea that some people can't even understand atheists or th- think they're m- more immoral. Hmm. Th- and are you are you an atheist too, David? Uh yeah, I'm agnostic atheist kind of thing where mm. I never commit to anything. So I'm like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> what do I know? But you're real, real wishy washy. Yeah, but if I had to put a bet down, I'd say that I'd say there is no god or any afterlife or something. I mean. There's very little evidence to support that, so. Now we're getting pretty Well, I know. I'm going to be up all night now. (laughs) So, uh, Jess, what did you learn from this episode? Um, I keep coming back. This is so weird. Maybe it's like a me thing, but I keep coming back to that smallness quote. Mm Mm-hmm. My life was saved by... You said he's 5'4"? Well, yes, I did. My life was saved by smallness. I don't think he meant his height in the episode, okay. but yeah. who knows, you know? It sounds like he got a lot of chicks, so maybe that wasn't a problem. Um, I mean, I'd seen this episode before. Uh, I enjoyed watching it again a couple of times. Um, <laughs> I, or, I Even before this uh, conversation, I kind of forgot about the God thing at the end, so I guess that's not what hit me the most. It might just be the grief process is interesting to me. The way that uh, shows do it now is really different and a lot more realistic, but I think that this episode did a really good job just hitting on it for their 40 minutes or whatever that they had allotted to them. So, felt true to me as far as grief goes. So, yeah. Yeah. David, what did you learn? I learned that God's a dolphin that bets on the <laughs> stocks, you know? That's. <laughs> I mean, you didn't know that? Yeah, I like to think of that. If God exists, I want him to be a dolphin. Her. Or her. It. To be a dolphin. <laughs> I- I keep doing that. You didn't know. I just, I just had a long car ride with my niece, who's twelve, who's like twelve year olds are really into. Like, you didn't know that. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. They kept bringing things up, like, oh, you don't know. It's like it was all stuff twelve year olds are into. Like <laughs> the girl who went on Doctor Phil and was like, "Catch me outside." Do you know about that? No. Oh yeah, I've heard oh, it on the yeah, internet. I think I did. Yeah. I was like, "What is that?" And they're like, "Oh my god!" They're like so appalled. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's an interesting thing of when you're their age, you can't even fathom not being in the know of everything. Like, I'm always going to be keeping up to date with what's going on on the internet. Like, I'm always going to know what the latest app is and how to use it and that. And then, But it's more like you don't know what me and my 20 kids in my class all are obsessed well, with. <laughs> no, of course I don't. Yeah, I also learned something else, which is that uh, Tiffany Thiessen's husband is Brady Smith. And so I'm going to have to learn a little bit about him and whether I like him or not, and then maybe adjust my list accordingly. Wait, who's Brady Smith? Yeah, who's Brady oh, because we want to have sex with her, yeah. <laughs> oh, is I he just some guy? Yeah, he's apparently an actor, and he's appeared in some things, I guess. But I don't care about who gets hurt if I get to have sex with Kelly Kowalski, is what I'm saying. The, the repercussions are, are, un, are unimportant. There's no such thing as a... 
great enough repercussion to prevent it from No, if I was going to die immediately after if like if she was a praying mantis, I would have sex with Kelly Kapowski. <laughs> To be fair, I think I would also have sex with Tiffany Thiessen without caring about her husband. Oh, Dude, wow. right on. So. Join the club. You're, you fit right in around yeah, here. Exactly. Um, and I learned that rich white Republicans also feel like it's hard to be them. And they hurt inside. If you prick them, they do bleed. That's sad. I know, it's really sad. So, uh, before we get out of here... Let's all promote all our shit. Jess Thalmer, I feel like I'm compelled by you. And you said you're the queen of Twitter, which I know to be true from personal experience. I love Twitter. Uh, so where can I find you online if I'd like to read your writing or follow you or what? How would I do that? Uh, my Twitter handle is at Thalms, T-H-O-L-M-Z. All right. That's my name everywhere. Um and I, I do write for Hello Girls, but it's pretty on and off. But I have actually written for them a couple of times in the last month. So if you'd like to read about my relationship with my mother, HelloGiggles.com. Jessica Thalmer is what you search. Wait, hold on. All right. Are you really typing? Uh, I was making <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'll, I'm going to read this. Uh, you just keep going. Um, yep. So that's that. That's what I got. Damn, Jess. I know. Right. It's pretty uh, crazy. Is that all? You don't want to give me your Instagram or anything? Yeah, I'm, I'm Psalms everywhere, so you can look for me oh, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can just type it and you'll find her If you just ways. Google Psalms, you can see what I mean by Googleable. Okay. Very well. David? Yes. Where can I find Jess online? You can find her at Psalms. That's T H A L with a Z at the end. She's very Googleable. Cool. That wraps things up. <laughs> oh, David? David, I want to read all about you on the internet. Yeah, How do I do that's it? pretty difficult to do, but you can uh, go to at Dr. Bits. That's doctor spelled out. B-I-T-Z. Another Z at the end, I guess. And uh, you can Wait, two find Zs? my writings at just one Z. A one Z. <laughs> I get it. Um, <laughs> com. That's the other place to look. Is that on Twitter, too? No, that's just a blog. Oh, man. That I write infrequently. All right. <laughs> cool. You can, you, can read a, you can read his thing while he reads your thing. As for me, your host this week, Ryan Alexander Tanner, with three names, but two of them are last names. Uh, I can be found at ohyesverynice.com. That's O-H-Y-E-S, verynice.com. That's, you can see my art. That's an art website, so it has nothing to do with any of this crap that we do here. Uh, oh, yes, not, oh, yes, very nice is also my uh, Instagram and Twitter, and that's my general social media thing. Oh, and I just had a thing in the New York Times. Uh, if you Google my name and New York Times, you can see the new one, and also an older one I did, too. So I've been doing comics for them about... Uh, birth plans because that's when i'm not talking about crappy tv shows i'm talking about reproductive health that's my thing as for the show a very special episode you can stream any episode of our show on a very special episode podcast.com you can follow us on facebook at facebook.com slash avse pod where you can have conversations with us and comment about how much you liked this episode our Twitter handle is at A-V-S-E-Pod. 
which believe it or not was not taken, you can email us at avsepodcast at gmail.com where we will read your emails and be deeply touched unless you didn't like our show, in which case, why are you emailing us? You can download our show for free on many platforms. iTunes, please leave us a five-star review. We are only accepting five-star reviews on iTunes, so get with the program on that. Podbean, Google Play, and Stitcher are also venues in which you can download our show for free. You can listen to it as many times as you want. There's no limit. <laughs> you can you could listen to nothing but our show if you wanted, and no one would stop you. You'd be a better person for it, too. So uh, that about wraps things up for this week. Until next time. What is it? What is the uh, Family Ties? Sha-na-na-na. Sha-na-na-na. <laughs> yeah, that was this. ABC on your home PC. With some VIPs of SBTB. Was it Austin G? Dr. DB? R-A-T? Or the c What the heck was with that TV? This podcast is kind of funny. Excuse us all, cause we gotta go pee. That was a very special episode. We dissected that shit from head to toe. Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons. Oh, how we've grown. Seen so 